Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Monday edition of the John Sanchez Show podcast. The following program is sponsored by Sanchez Wealth Management. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Further information is available by contacting John at SanchezWealthManagement.com or by calling 800-1801. John Sanchez is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Securities only offered in states John Sanchez is registered in. Now, the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780-KOH. Good Monday evening to you. Welcome to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780-KOH. Pleasure to be with you this Monday. Kickoff to the week. It's behind us, or at least... For some of you, it is. For the rest of us, we will continue to work hard for the next few hours. Joining me, of course, as he does each every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whenever I can break my way from those computer monitors, Mr. Jason Gott, a.k.a. the Professor of Sanchez Wealth Management. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How you doing today? Hi. You know, other than the little bit of red showing up on the screen, not bad for a Monday. <laughs> Yeah, they can't be green every day, I guess, right? I know, I know. I liked the green earlier, but yeah, not uh, not able to hold it, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness. All right, let me tell you what uh, Jason and I have lined up for you this evening. We will, of course, recap today's uh, market activity. Again, the pretty volatile session. But then we are uh, basically uh, less than um, uh, two days away from the earnings season officially kicking off. It'll be on Wednesday with the likes of J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo, Citigroup, etc. later in the week. But J.P.M. will be the start. Delta Airlines, Walgreens Boots Alliance also will be on deck. So this is going to be an interesting uh, earnings season. We've been leaning up to this um, for quite some time. We've been kind of dropping you some subtle hints as to what to expect out of this earnings season. This is going to be a, a very important one because we had intermittent periods of strength and we had intermittent periods of weakness throughout the quarter. And of course, I think this is probably, I think you would agree with me, Jason, probably going to be the quarter where supply chain issues are going to be at the forefront of many companies' earnings announcements. Um, we will get into, of course, what the, our, uh, what the uh, analysts are expecting as far as S&P growth uh, for the third quarter, uh, which is a pretty decent number, actually. But I think really it's going to be the guidance going forward, and that will be what we will be discussing this evening, which is the earnings outlook uh, starting on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, and it seems that I think this is going to be a quarter that most are going to expect these companies to start to at least have some sense of confidence around what their guidance is That's versus right. what, you know, historically has been a, I don't know, for the last year and a half, I feel like, you know, well, COVID this or... <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. Right? Yeah. It's just been yeah. terrible. And we've sort of harped about it, thinking that, you know, at some point, these guys need to start to at least give a little bit more certainty around at least whether they're right or wrong, but give some sort of guidance for, you know, 
next year, et cetera, mm-hmm. based on what they're seeing. Because obviously there's a lot of crosswinds. Um, but there's a fair amount of earnings next week that I think are going to be some real movers and, and some decent barometers for a bunch of different sectors. I mean, like Taiwan Semi is on Thursday, sort of or overnight into Thursday, um, which I think is going to be huge for chips, et cetera, just given all the right. commentary out of China, so on and so forth. Morgan Stanley, um, you know. Bank of America, City, all those guys out on Thursday. Yeah. So I think that's going to yeah. be the biggest day overall, J.P. Morgan, on Wednesday. Um, exactly. But overall, yeah, it's nice to get the big banks starting everything out, and uh, hopefully they can give us a little bit of color other than Jamie Dimon today basically saying that <laughs> Bitcoin's worthless, and I love uh, it. I mean, uh, what are you going to do? Like it right? to cigarettes, yeah. yeah. Right. Like I mean, it to cigarettes, and yeah, it's bad for you, but the client, the customers want it, so we'll yeah. give it. <laughs> I mean, you got Anything it, right? to make a buck, Mr. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Dimon, anything to make a buck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I know. Um, this was a, a an interesting day today. Yeah. You know, and the reason I say that, Jason, is you know we you and I had a, I feel a really great show on Friday. And for those of you that missed it, please go to your favorite podcasting site and and uh, and listen to it because we went into great detail of the the non farm payroll numbers again. A very meager. M- Terrible report, 195,000 jobs created. And I think the reason I'm bringing this up again is this is, I think, going to play into a lot of the comments that we get out of this earnings season, which is corporations are just having a hard time finding people. You know, again, as we, we don't need to harp on that point again, we've spent enough time on Friday discussing that. But, um, but you know, the, the, the action on Friday was fairly lackluster. Again, the market, as I made the comment, I think we got off the, uh, off the bus pretty easy on Friday considering that terrible number. The market just brushed it aside. Um, coming into this earnings season, and or I should say, coming into today, this was a, a pretty important day. I think you made mention of it on Friday. Meaning, are we going to see a, a follow through? Are we going to see more days like we did last week, which seemed like it was you know a day up, a day down, a day up, a day down, two days up, a day down, uh, you know that type of thing? We're just not getting the conviction that we think we would get at this stage of the recovery. Now, I want to discuss also Southwest Air, and you heard um, Jim talking about it, and and um, you know this was another big story of the day today, um, but. No follow through today. I mean, that was that was the disappointing part of it. Again, we we were okay early this morning, but you know, about quarter to nine or so is when things kind of peaked out, and then uh, it was just a, a slow, steady trudge all the way down. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of tough price action for sure. You saw, you know, we closed at least north of that hundred day, right? We broke up through mm-hmm. it and then came back and you know, held the 100-day into the close today, which I think based on where we open tomorrow, that's going to be something you're going to want to keep a pretty close eye on. 43.50 on the S&P is that level, um, you know, sort of futures right Only now. Only 11 points from where we close, yeah. yeah. And the futures are actually sort of down through there right now. But again, it's all wind okay. at this point. Um, sure. But I think overall, uh, that's going to be notable coming into it. We didn't have any, you know, real direction from the bond market today either. No, so, you know, those lucky guys get to take you every other month. <laughs> Monday off or something, and, you know, they just make up holidays. I, I tell you, I felt so stupid. I, I slipped a couple times this morning on the stock updates, given the bond market report. I'm like, <clears throat> no, John, the market, I have a big note for me. The bond market is closed. It's so hard when they are closed yeah. and we're open, and it's just, oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because um, they're just lucky. They always get to be closed. Yeah, be, yeah, I know. I know. They're off yeah, of that yeah, dark well. corner of the room over there. Exactly. 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 All right, let's go up to 10,000 feet. Put on the autopilot and uh, take it from there, my friend. 
Yeah, I mean, again, sort of as we've touched on today was uh, something that we needed to hold, you know, these levels, of, you know, 100-day moving average, like I said, is pretty important. Um, we've had an elevated VIX for some time that has come in at least over the last index, couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, which has been good. Um, you know, early on, it felt very strong in terms of the cyclical names, right? Uh, energy was super strong. Um, you know, pick your ETF in the space uh, has really broken out. And, you know, I'd say a little bit of pullback into the close today, but oil still holds that 80 handle, um, you know, and I think continues to for some time. And you Hit know, 82 overnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. And I think, you know, I mean, ultimately, uh, where does that become a, a more of a pain point from the market, uh, it doesn't feel like yet. I think we're sort of used to high prices in general, but, you know, materials were very, very strong. Um, they've been strong and continue to be, even with oil as strong as it was today, materials actually outperformed. So I think, you know, uh, that area of the market continues to be sort of where folks are positioned for, and I would argue uh, probably more overweight the reopening than not. Um, many managers are, but, you know, it's been the right place to be, especially as now we're starting to hopefully get less sort of COVID news and it's now into earnings and into sort of how the whole reopening is happening. Um, you know, and you got a quiet Fed overall until early November at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, again, a bit of a ho-hum day, not what we wanted to see from us, you know, we'll call it a strong opening and then a fade into the close. Yeah. But I just think it's probably just more positioning into earnings, et cetera. Um, you know, uh, folks had sort of been riding that financials energy wave and maybe reducing exposure a bit sort of into the end of the day. And again, we'll get some bond direction tomorrow. Let's talk oil for just a second. I I made mention, uh, I forget what day it was last week. One of my concerns of these uh, ever escalating oil prices, and again, we touched $82 overnight. We finished at uh, $80.93, actually down for the day, down about $1.03, is the pain point for the consumer. Now, if you look at the consumers, you and I have been doing almost every night, and and again discussing their their current situation. How many, you know, seven million or so still not working? Uh, go right on down the line. Uh, the the economic data has been weakening. Consumer confidence numbers and retail sales and so on and so forth. So as I mentioned the other day, you know, I'm concerned that the consumer is starting to run out of uh, out of cash a little bit. What I'm the point I'm getting to is where is the threshold or the pain point? We know how sensitive the consumer is when it comes to mortgage rates, as an example, just an eighth of a percent, you know, increase. And boy, you can really see the the decline in the mortgage applications for the week. But where's the pain point for the consumer? Um, you know, as we get oil, you know, I think you're right, uh, you know, steady north of $80 if it holds at this level and continues to, to trudge higher from here. Um, that's a, that's, you know, as they always call it, it's like an additional tax on the consumer at the gas pump. But you and I both know it's not just the consumer, it's corporate America, right? I mean, just about every business, it seems like in some form or fashion, is susceptible to rising energy prices. So, you know, are you concerned at all with the, with a consumer again feeling this additional expense i mean we're, we're getting hit everywhere we're getting inflationary pressures groceries you name it and now uh very much at the gas pump yeah and remember oil is not just the dinosaur juice that you pour inside nope. your car right it's goes into plastics it goes into you know darn near anything at this point right. in terms of the the crack spread right so i think there's a lot of sort of inputs that come from oil that will start to continue to push its way into prices so on and so forth i mean you know from a 
from a technical standpoint, you certainly have, you know, probably some resistance, I would say, in the mid-80s, um, which was, you know, kind of the lows that we saw back in, and I'm talking 2012 yeah. here, looking at a chart, and then it's pretty much 100 bucks. I mean, through mm-hmm. there, and that's sort of what we said on Friday, if in fact, you know, and that's why I feel like OPEC just sat on their hands and just figured, look, we have a narrow window here, let's try to make as much money as we can in, the, in this little bit of time, and so I think that's uh, uh, sort of what the game is right now, and we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah, so the impact on the consumer. Goldman Sachs cut their uh, GDP forecast uh, this morning. That was another thing I weighed on the market. We'll give you the details of that when we return. Later tonight at 9. Suddenly it's unity time again. When they win, then we're supposed to be unified. Ben Shapiro on News Talk 780 KOH. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. Happy Monday to all of you. Join, of course, with Jason Gaughan of Sanchez Wealth Management. All right, here's the final numbers of the day. We finished down 250 on the Dow, a 0.72% decline. Our close was 34,496. The Nasdaq lost 93 or 0.64% to close at 14,486. And the S&P down 30 points. Uh, 0.69% decline there to 4,361. As I mentioned, oil uh, was strong overnight, hitting uh, $82 a barrel, pulling back in the normal trade down a dollar three to eighty. Uh, Forty-three, or excuse me, eighty seventy-three a barrel. Uh, gold gave up uh, just three dollars and forty cents to close at one thousand seven hundred and fifty-four dollars and ten cents an ounce. And again, the bond market was closed in observance of Columbus Day. Some of the movers, Jay. Uh, let's start with Comcast, uh, CMCSA, uh, notable laggard uh, today. Uh, Jay, Raymond James downgraded the stock to a market perform from outperform. Shares down about four and a half percent, two dollar and forty-eight cent loss to fifty-two twenty-two a share. Things have been in a death spiral for a while. A lot of these media names have just been ugly. Um, you know, AT&T, another one, just they continue to just get beaten down. Um, you know, uh, the Netflixes of the world have sort of taken over. I mean, especially with yeah. a lot of the, you know, I'd say sports programming and things along those lines that you think that many of these would uh, benefit from. Um, you know, they just really haven't. It just uh, it feels like this, like, new you know, uh, where the old takes over the new, much like we've seen mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, I feel like a lot of these, Comcast being one of them, AT&T, Verizon, et cetera, like just they all seem to uh, uh, go in the way of the dodo as new things move in. But that's a pretty Maybe. big break on Comcast as far as the, the move today. I mean, it had tried to hold levels that it's been holding for, I mean, we're talking, I'm looking literally back to like 1995, Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not kidding, uh, that it just busted through today on the downside. So uh, we'll see yes. where this one goes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to the world of pharmaceuticals slash biotech, Merck uh, confirmed they have submitted an emergency use authorization application to the FDA for that COVID antiviral pill, the uh, the oral version. <clears throat> Remember that was announced a few weeks ago. Stock didn't do much today. I assume investors want to wait, uh, obviously, if they uh, get the uh, FDA approval. Uh, finished down today about 70 cents to 79.93. Yeah, I mean that's you know that'll be a I think it had its its day in the sun. Now it'll be a, a show me story until mm-hmm. sort of you know the uh, Razorback I think yeah until that sort yeah. of yeah. gets all approved and tested and so on and so forth. Uh, a digital I know phase three, but I'm just saying actually uh, you know into people's uh, uh, mainstream <laughs> folks uh, 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 treatment plan. So that's when that thing will yeah. get another move. That's right. All right, let's go back to 10,000 feet. We like to measure that by uh, looking at the sector side of things today. Uh, again, today's weakness was uh, pretty broad-based. We only had uh, uh, three, uh, or excuse me, two out of the 11 sectors were positive today. Everybody else was negative, so nine of the 11 negative today. <clears throat> the uh, the pressure points, utilities. Now, this was interesting. Um, I, I 
couldn't wrap my head around the uh, the utility side of things today. Down about 1.4%. The only thing I could guess was because the bond market was closed, the utilities, which again are a dividend yield play, couldn't um, couldn't gauge anything right with the bond market being closed today. So they decided to take that one off the table, which again was a little bit surprising considering it was a weak tape overall. Yeah, I mean, you know, utilities too. I, I actually saw some interesting strength across sort of the clean energy names today, right? Which I think kind of. Uh, uh, do marry up a bit uh, with the utility space like Nextera and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it's been the dog all year. Again, it just surprises the heck out of me if we all have all these grandiose plans around electrifying everything and driving electric-powered whatevers. Uh, one would think that at some point the utilities uh, need to have some sort of pricing power. I know they're regulated to some extent, but uh, uh, we're going to need to, you know, uh, I have a feeling there is a trade at some point in that space once uh, people realize that uh, ultimately you need to, you need them to get uh, all of the power for all these sources if we're moving away from uh, dinosaur juice. Um, but, you know, they continue to lag. I know this may seem kind of crazy to bring this up, but but if this is any indication of, of what the world without oil or a, a smaller amount of oil looks like, I don't want to be a part of it. Did you see that story on Lebanon over the weekend? No. But the... Yeah, it, it, I don't know why it caught my my attention, but uh, went into details of this story. So they've been having like uh, you know, like Europe as an example, of course, yeah. uh, on again, off again, energy issues. But theirs has been much worse. Um, they've gone uh, basically a year, pretty much with with power being shut off at night, and it's wreaking havoc, of course, for uh, mini marts and and supermarkets and things because people won't go in and buy things that have to be refrigerated because their power is being shut off at night and um, the country essentially ran out of oil and they had to get an emergency loan of a hundred million dollars to go into the energy market and, and buy that amount of oil um, obviously it's Lebanon and Lord knows they have their their share of problems over there but it just opened my eyes thinking you know <laughs> we we all we, we take it for granted as human beings for for two main things one that we can flip a switch and lights come on and a heater comes on or an AC comes on. And the second, we can open up our faucet and water flows. Mm-hmm. Life comes to a screeching halt when you don't have either of those or, God forbid, one or the other. Um, and I think, you know, again, if it, back to your point about the energy side of things, you know, it scares me. I mean, I, I don't know in my lifetime at 57 years old if I will ever justify owning an electric vehicle, um, unless I'm forced to, of course, where they just go, yep, you know what, <laughs> we're, you, we're not, we're not going to service your diesel trucks anymore. We're not gonna, I don't know if that'll come to that point. Who knows? But, uh, but it just scares me. You know, I, I'll give you another quick example. I am a huge fan, I think you know this, of DeWalt tools, right? It's my number one tool brand for drills and impacts and everything we use on our ranch. But you know what? I get so sick and tired of constantly having to change out batteries, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and it's just it's just an example of that where it's like, man, I, I just I know we have some clients that are huge Tesla fans. I don't I don't know of any clients that own any electric vehicles other than Teslas and they are a raving, raving fans, but I, I just can't get my arms around it at this point. So I hope, you know, bottom line, I hope oil things settle down and I hope it doesn't go by the way of the dodo egg, as you say. And uh, we'll be able to, as human beings, uh, be able to choose which you know, direction we want, whether we want oil or electric and and uh, go from there. Yeah, I mean, again, I think sort of the commentary around thinking that Facebook's going to go away before oil does. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it just it's going to take a long time for these changes to happen. Um, yeah. For myriad of reasons, but yeah, no, I mean Lebanon, sort of, sort of as you brought that up, I do recall reading about okay. it. It's just, it's you know, I mean, 
that's stuff that can really happen, right? I mean, that's, it really that's can. Yeah, yeah, that's my point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Hey, real quick before we turn it over to Mr. Fannin, uh, let's talk Goldman Sachs very quickly. Um, this morning, they cut their U.S. economic growth forecast. The uh, the firm lowered its 2022 growth estimates to four percent from four point four. Took their 2021 estimate down a tick from five seven uh, down to five point six. They cited the expiration of fiscal support from Congress. So there's my point about the consumer and a slower than expected recovery in consumer spending, specifically services. Um, a lot of Wall Street firms are starting to, uh, during the break, I was reading an article about Morgan Stanley uh, lowering their, some of the, or talking about earnings season and their concern of the consumer spending. And, uh, and now Goldman's saying the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I feel like Goldman's just like, you know, decided to have a big lofty number early and keeps walking it back. So mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. see where they get to. Hopefully they overshoot on the downside at some point and, and the right. market surprises the upside. But uh, again, we'll hopefully we get one of our uh, our folks on from GSAM and we can talk all exactly, about it. Exactly, exactly. Coming up soon. Uh, their economist, Joseph Briggs, said, uh, for activities like going to a movie theater, many individuals don't anticipate resuming normal spending patterns for at least another six months, suggesting a full normalization in economic activity may take some time. All right. Speaking of taking time, we're going to take time for this bottom of the hour break with Mr. Fan. And when we come back, let's start talking about the earnings season. It kicks off on Wednesday with JP Morgan. What kind of seasons are going to be? Nothing else has been normal lately. So we figured why not Ross and Ryan in the morning on News Talk 780 KOH. Welcome back to the John Sanchez show on News Talk 780 KOH with Jason Gott of Sanchez Wealth Management. A 250 decline on the Dow. NASDAQ down 93. The S&P gave up 30. So a little bit of a sloppy start to the week. But again, that was today. That's all gone. It's behind us. We have tomorrow. We'll see if we can get a little follow through uh, tomorrow or a, a little bit of optimism now that the bond market will be back open tomorrow. Again, it was closed today for uh, observance of Columbus Day. But then on Wednesday is the big day, the kickoff of third quarter third quarter earnings season. So we're going to devote the rest of the show to kind of analyzing some of the things that we expect companies to say and and kind of the overall uh, uh, projections of, of uh, Wall Street when it comes to this earnings season. So, Jason, let's kind of start things off with Wall Street's expectations for Q3. Um, again, as you indicated, J.P. Morgan will, will uh, kick things off. Um, but here, according to FactSet, here's the latest indications. They are expecting uh, earnings to have risen 27.6% year over year. If that is correct, which eh, fact sets numbers, they've, they've, <laughs> if memory serves me correctly, they've missed a little bit because they've been, it seems like a pretty doom and gloom for the last few quarters, if memory serves me correctly. So take it with a grain of salt. But if their numbers are correct, that would be the third highest growth rate since 2010. I mean, 11 years ago. Significant, very significant. Is it easy comps? Um, you know, I was thinking about that as I was researching this. Okay, so yeah. let's go back to what was going on in in Q3 of last year. Let's use an engine analysis, an analysis, see if you agree with me. I think the economy, if again, memory serves me on this one, I think um, the economy was probably operating on four, maybe five cylinders out of an eight-cylinder engine at this time last year. So I think you're absolutely right. I think the comps are going to be easy. Um, and I think the comps will continue to be relatively easy for the rest of this year as we get into Q4. Uh, but next year, going to be a little bit different story. I know it's a long ways away, but yeah, do you agree with me on that on the comp side? My question is what analogy are you going to use when uh, uh, eight-cylinder engines go away and it's all EV? 
Is it like cells or something? Yeah. Like a number of yeah, cells? Yeah, like three, three, three batteries to, to two or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely agree, yeah. Yeah, you have to, right? you got to just figure out which, which analogies. You know, people look at just, what are you talking about? What's a, what's a <laughs> cylinder? Um, cylinder, no. what the heck? <laughs> right. uh, but no, I think you're, I think you're correct. I think, um, you know, I mean, FactSet obviously is just sort of all the analyst expectations, et cetera, sort of gelled into one to, as to where they get their estimates from. But, you know, uh, whether we, uh, this sort of obviously inflationary uh, uh, supply chain issues, so on and so forth, how much of that, uh, I don't know we'll hear quite as much next week, right, other than maybe Taiwan Sam or some, as these are more banks and things along those lines. But they're definitely going to have some, some good color around consumer lending. And, yeah. you know, the big issue has been, like, you know, not as much uh, loans being available, but people wanting loans, right? I think that's, that's right. the part that's that right. will be concerning. And a lot of these guys are morphed into sort of, big, you know, uh, uh, not just lending and not just rate sensitive. They've got a pretty diverse business set now. So... I'm sort of excited to hear Citigroup and, you know, Goldman and things like that just to get a sense of where they think uh, uh, economy also and their business just in general as the SoFi's of the world up, you know, 12% today uh, really start to eat into what was their sort of core business set. Right. Good point. You know, let's remind everybody, especially if you're relatively new to the market or maybe you never really paid attention to earnings season, but hopefully this time you will. Keep in mind, folks, that earnings season is like driving a car. Go back to another car analogy, yeah, right? We drive the car by looking. Yep, we drive the car by looking through the windshield. We don't drive it by looking in the rearview mirror. But earnings season really is looking in the rearview mirror, right? It's what happened in Q3 in this example. Well, many times, and again, it depends upon the mood of Wall Street and what else is going on in the economy. Many times, Wall Street doesn't really care about what happened in in the past, right? In the rearview mirror, in this example, they want to know. What's the forecast going forward looking through the windshield? So to your point, Jason, I think you, you hit it spot on, and that is, you know, you, yeah, we're going to get some good color about what these banks, as an example, went through, loan demand and, and so on and so forth. But but I think, again, I, I just have this feeling that this is going to be one of those quarters where the outlook is going to be more important than what happened last quarter. We we had, you know, we had some good stuff and we had some bad stuff last quarter, right? We had we had the, the Washington headwinds and, you know, we had a lot of different things going on. Like I said, some good, some bad. But but I think there's a lot of optimism looking forward to, believe it or not, I hate to say this, already to the fourth quarter. Um, and, and people, hey, you know what? Um what's what's going to change, right? Are these comps going to be as easy in the fourth quarter? Uh, what's this going to look like? But the bottom line is, um, it's not always about what the company reported. It's more so what their guidance is. And this is, you know, Jason and I's concern we brought up on the show on Friday as we did our weekly recap. There's a lot of headwinds. Again, no fault of these companies and, and no fault of the consumer, but you know, it's the ones we keep bringing up, the supply chain issues, the the inflation, the labor issues, so on and so forth. Yeah, and again, I mean, sort of banks are, again, the perfect example of a space that's being disrupted by the day, right? I mean, you have all these classical investment banks is really what they were. First, they were lenders, then they became sort of trading arms and investment banks and how they did from that standpoint. So uh, Morgan Stanley will be great to hear. J.P. Morgan will be great to hear. Goldman will be great to hear around what the sort of climate looks like for, you know, they made all this money around SPACs before. Uh, that's you know, by and large, gone. Uh, what are the next real catalysts for them to to grow their business? Right. I mean, you heard Jamie again today talk about crypto being, 
right, dog food, uh, clearly, you know, they said, we're going to provide ways to access it, but they don't view that as, you know, their next real focus. Uh, again, I don't know if that's just talking about, you know, uh, the thing that you're afraid is going to come after you. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, the, I think that's going to be a really neat space to keep an eye on because there's so much disruption happening and it's in technology, it's in banking, it's in autos, it's in everything. Like, it's an exciting time to be an investor it right is. now because uh, you're sort of caught in this middle of, well, how come Intel's not doing well? Or how come, like, because, like, they're not the leader anymore, right? They were before. And how come Wells Fargo or Bank of America, because they're not the on the forefront anymore, they're to some extent. I mean, we hear about it all the time. Go look every decade and see the biggest 10 names in the S&P. And by and large, there's like three of them in the next decade. Like things constantly change. And so, you know, uh, it's just I'm sort of excited to see with all this, you know, financial change and technology being and decentralized finance and all these companies that are spawned out of this excess liquidity. I think finance is just ripe for disruption. And these guys are all going to be under the sort of, you know, the the spotlight to see like, look, uh, what are you doing next uh, to sort of grow your business? Because uh, lending isn't going to do it. And trading Trading. by and large isn't (laughs) as much, right? Like, so what is the next thing? So, God, oh, you brought up so many incredible points there, and and I want to I want to dissect that just real quickly here because you gave me goosebumps as some of those things you said there, the the disruptiveness of what we're seeing again it is so very very exciting and and you know anybody that follows the market like Jason and I do I mean every day you're reading about a company that just created this idea or this new product or or something along those lines but you hit on something so very important I want to I want to pause on and that is the liquidity side of things right Let, let's go back to the SPAC deals uh, again pretty much you don't hear anything about them anymore but literally for those of you not familiar you would invest with one of these SPAC deals on the hope the company was you know eventually going to go public but you literally are giving them your money you're in a little bit of interest rate, but you don't know what the heck they're going to invest in. They have two years to invest your money. If they don't have that investment, they got to give it back to you. And a lot of them have already failed um, in, in many you know respects. But but when the liquidity, i.e. rising interest rates, dry up, will that have a negative impact on some of these disruptors? That's the big question. The other point I want to bring up is, you know, SoFi, not to, again, we can't give individual stock advice, but just using that as an example, um, What's everybody doing? We've seen Goldman Sachs do this with some of their various acquisitions. You see SoFi, that's kind of been their model. What are they doing? They're going after the consumer. You've seen it with Marcus via Goldman Sachs, right? Go after the consumer. But again, how strong is the consumer at this point, really? And again, the economic data is not showing the consumer is as strong as everybody's feeling. So that may be some of the guidance we hear from some of these companies is, yeah, the consumer, we thought we're going to be doing pretty good. But eh, you know what? They're, they're kind of mediocre at this point. Yeah, man. Again, the consumers is <laughs> they're being they're changing by the day, right? You've yes, got this indeed. this situation where we're trying to figure out where you know n number of workers got sucked <laughs> off the planet somewhere in her in a spaceship, right? Like nobody can figure out why we can't. Uh, we have all these opening job openings, yet we have uh, x number of people still looking for jobs. It's like uh, a meet b, 
And yet (laughs) there's just a massive disconnect there. And again, I think that's because of all the changes that are going on from how, like we talked about before, about how you work or where you get your job done from and who's willing and able to go back and do what they used to do because they're working on this, that, and the other thing and and no longer want to put themselves in a situation that they may be in harm's way if they feel that way. So yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of change going on and it's, 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 it's pretty exciting. I think finances are going to really kick it off next week with some, some good color around it. You're still not going to give me kudos, are you? You did point that out. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. I, I wrap I, around it. You know? Yeah, I heaven forbid, right. Dad, you come out and say, you know, <laughs> good job. No, we're joking. I, I sent Jason a um, uh, yesterday morning a, a story that appeared. Uh, it's titled, America's Unemployed are sending a message. Yeah. They'll go back to work when they feel safe and well compensated. And really fascinating article, but it's everything we touched on on Friday after that non-front payroll number. It's like, why are people not going back to work? The women are not going back to work and just hit on everything we mentioned so yeah i was looking for some kudos from jason but yeah that's all right i'll I'll, I'll, I'll high five myself i'll I'll pat myself on the back jeez jeez dad it's the john sanchez show (laughs) (laughs) weekdays noon to three the battle for liberty and freedom has never been easy hannity on news talk 780 koh welcome back to the john sanchez show on news talk 780 koh with jason gone sanchez wealth management again a 250 decline on the dow nasdaq down 93 the s&p gave up 30 we're talking about earnings season again roughly a 20 percent 27 excuse me percent increase year over year is the uh, consensus by fact set now jason i want to spend just a quick moment here with as we wrap up the show and kind of lay out some of the big names um, that are coming up this week, you you mentioned a few of those. Let me add just a couple more. So Wednesday is really going to be the uh, the financials, right? So starting things off, <clears throat> we've got J.P. Morgan, First Republic, Delta Airlines, and the world's largest asset manager, BlackRock, all reporting on Wednesday. Now I want to pause right there on Wednesday's numbers, Jason, and and kind of give everybody the consensus of of what people are looking for. And we do have one airline that'll be Delta, by the way, on uh, on Wednesday also. But let me kind of we were talking about is it going to be the easy comps? Now here's an example: Delta Airlines. Uh, a year ago, for the third quarter, they lost three dollars and thirty cents. The consensus for this quarter or third quarter, seventeen cent profit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a wild swing, my friend. That is a wild yeah. swing. Uh, well, J.P. Morgan, for you. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's for right. You. Yeah, yeah. They they weren't running on four cylinders. Uh, you know, Q three right. of twenty twenty. They were they're you know barely trudging with one. Uh, let's go, J.P. Morgan. Since we mentioned that a few times, uh, a year ago they made two dollars and ninety two cents. They're expecting to make three bucks. BlackRock made nine dollars and twenty two cents, expecting to make nine dollars and sixty one cents. Um, so nothing major there. Then we go to Thursday, and that's the big days you indicated. We've got Bank of America, Citigroup, uh, throwing some pizza there, uh, Domino's Pizza, Morgan Stanley, Progressive, U.S. Bank Corp., United Health, uh, major Dow component. And just running down the list, uh, it looks like everybody that I'm seeing here, let me just uh, finish up my, my scan here very quickly. Yeah, everybody that's uh, expected to report on Thursday, um, the consensus is more earnings per share than what they did a year ago. So that's pretty pretty wide swath there, pretty wide swath. All right, I'm going to give you a little trivia here. Let's see if you uh-huh. remember these old days. I'm going to go back in your memory bank here. Prior, and I can't remember what year it changed. It's probably been five, seven years, something like that. Who was the first company? And I'll give you a hint. Alcoa. Oh, dang it, you're good. <laughs> Son of a God. Yeah, that's the joys of us. We read yeah. each other's mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the question I was going to ask Jason, is who used to be the company that would report first? And yeah, and, and we're, true or false? I don't know. True, yeah, true, true or false? They were a member of the Dow Jones Industrial Average at that point. I'll say false. Were they? No, no, they were a member of the Dow. Uh, 
I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. See you later, Alcoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time Nobody ago they got booted up. Nope, not at all. But even them, you know, they, they lost a buck seventeen a year ago. They're expecting to make a buck eighty. So this shows again it's pretty wide no matter what the industry is, pretty wide swath that uh, this looks to be a pretty optimistic um Q three. So let's keep our fingers crossed and hope the analysts are right for a change. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's go. <laughs> Me too. Let's do it. Let's get it. Get it Wednesday. We're ready for it. All right, God bless everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Great job, Jason. As always, we'll do it again tomorrow night on the John Sanchez show. Have a great evening. On air, online, on demand. News talk seven eighty KOH. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.